0: We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. Get up, boy! Get up. Get up! Get up! Get up!
1: You're still weak on the left side.
2: We're not weak on the left side.
1: It's not the problem.
0: What is the problem? I
1: don't need you up on my face on
0: the... I don't care if you like each other or not, but you will respect each other. I want you to tell me something about one of your teammates.
2: I'm rooming with Blue, sir! He wears those leopard-spotted underwears! Bikini-style, sir!
0: Okay, maybe somebody who's not your woman each one of you will spend time every day with a different teammate huh does the term
2: cruel and unusual punishment mean anything to you if you lose a game they'll fire you one game just like that brother don't you know me and your mama went out on the town
3: last night? what did you say
2: what happened to you I just gave your mama a piggyback ride, and she weighs twice as much as right. I do. <laughs> What's
1: going on? We wanted to let you know we are going to warm up a little different tonight. We are
2: the titan, 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 Listen, baby.
1: Woo! Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low. We're
2: well, going to let these people know who's going to win state, Right. Right?
1: Right. 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 right.
0: Greek mythology, the titans were greater even than the gods. We're gonna change the way we run. They ruled their universe with absolute power. We're gonna change the way we block. Well, that football field out there tonight, that's our universe. We're
1: gonna change the way we win.
0: We don't let anything, nothing, come between us. We are
2: changed. He took a shit in the shower and just left it there. Welcome to Recap and Gown, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of is own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave?
4: Not much, man. Always excited to talk about a uh, cheat code movie, just with yeah. perfect music. This is... Hits all the right spots. Can't wait to talk about it. Some issues with it too, but yeah,
2: can't wait. Mm-hmm. Let's do yeah, it. This soundtrack has a goddamn game genie. It's over here just hitting all the all the hits. Yep. Uh, also joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas two-step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan?
0: Hey, guys. Feeling pretty good. Excited to talk about this one this week. Another football mm-hmm. movie. So. It's a good pick. Yeah.
2: Probably you. Uh, rounding out the two-step this podcast chief sitcoms and trivia correspondent from the class of 01 Dana Griffin what up Dana Uh,
1: not much Um, yeah had a good time watching this movie today because I uh, have the whole (laughs) week off so I had nothing else to do today so I watched this one and it was a pleasurable experience
2: yeah it's a good way to spend the day I feel like Uh, we also have a special guest joining the pod this week big sis who's here with us
0: Yeah, we actually have a guest of both, uh, a friend of both Dana and mine. Uh, His name is Kwaku, and he met us at Run Club several years ago, and none of us run anymore, but we're still friends, so there you go. What up? (laughs)
3: Hi, guys. I'm Kwaku. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be part of this podcast today. I enjoy football movies. I enjoy football movies from my high school experience, and I enjoy... uh, social progress and uh, racial divides. So let's see if we talk about some of that good stuff
1: that hits home even today. Yeah, yeah. There's no
2: way to avoid it with this movie. It is rife all the way through it.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: so. Also, fun fact about Kwaku, without a turkey trot that he usually hosts annually, I would not have met my fiance. So oh, wow. matchmaker Kwaku.
3: Yeah. Matchmaker. yeah yes. You're welcome. Anyone else who's been yeah. matched made, just go ahead and holler at me. Next year we'll do the turkey trot again in 2021. Because it was supposed to be this past weekend, and it did not happen.
2: COVID ruins lives. It has been fucking shit up, left and right, to and fro, hither and yon, all the live long day. Big Sis, we have dropped some hints here. Um, Tell the listeners what movie we're talking about, where they can stream it, and what it's about.
0: Yeah, so this week we are going to talk about Remember the Titans from 2000. It was actually a suggestion from Kwaku when he found out about the podcast. He was like... I'd love to come on and be a special guest and talk about one of these movies. And since we are in the football season, um, it just seemed quite perfect right now. Um, you can watch this on a variety of different sources. Disney Plus, if you have it, which I don't. Um, oh, Shame on you. I know. Actually, so I have a Verizon phone, but my work pays for it. And when I asked if I could be added to Disney Plus, they were like, we already pay for it, like everything. Get off, <laughs> yeah, stop um and you can also watch it on amazon itunes i don't know if it was hbo go max I, I don't have those things but all the usual spots
2: i have dave's
3: or if you just have a nice solid you collection just, of dvds you can always just pull it out your you can
2: do that too yeah,
3: yeah. It also
4: works it's got like dust on it
0: <laughs> yeah you watch this one again yeah yeah just like a nintendo yeah <laughs> if you have a place to watch it which i absolutely have zero places where i can watch a dvd Same. um yeah Uh, Anyway, Rotten Tomatoes, a little synopsis for us. In Virginia, high school football is a way of life, an institution revered, each game celebrated more lavishly than Christmas, each playoff distinguished more grandly than any national holiday. And with such recognition comes powerful emotions. In 1971, oh, sorry, it's missing a comma. In 1971, (laughs) high school football was everything to the people of Alexandria. But when the local school board was forced to integrate all an all black school with an all white school, the very foundation of football's great tradition was put to the test.
2: I'm going to jump in here. I, I follow college football recruiting real, real closely. Virginia is not a state that I ever consider outside of like Hampton roads, like where mm. um, like the Vic family came from and stuff outside of that. Yep. I don't really think about Virginia being like a hotbed of high school football insanity, it, they, mm-hmm. That's the opening line of the movie. That like in Virginia, high school football is a way of life. And I'm like, is it though? Okay, that's, that's Double A
4: ball mouth. down there. This is Triple A. Yeah. <laughs> is triple A. <laughs> I, that doesn't mean anything
0: to me. Maybe in mean. the 1970s it was. Y'all don't know.
2: Could be. I was Could wrong. be. Fuck if I know. It was a different I
0: mean, time. It, what else is there to do in Virginia? I've been there and.
2: Let's see, Virginia tobacco. ham. <laughs> tobacco.
4: Tobacco. <laughs> Uh, going to Monticello, I Thomas guess. Thomas Jefferson stuff. Yeah,
0: really no. nice. Yeah, really nice mountain ranges over there, but mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. a lot to do. Well,
3: it's in Alexandria, Virginia, which is pretty much DC. So I'm that's sure. true. Uh, yeah, that's, why I was, that's why D&D I was that's why I was thrown off by. I'm like, what are they, they trying? Like, is this Roanoke that they're talking about? No, like it's Alexandria. No.
2: Yeah, yeah if, it's, if, if it's Hampton, Hampton you have all downtown. black teams. I'm like, all right, I get that. Sure, just yeah. not a state. I mean, it's like I think about Texas, Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, Alabama. California. Virginia doesn't come to mind for high school football but that's just me and again you know recency bias. I don't know what 71 was like. I wasn't around for that. Uh, before we get into some memories of why when we were younger uh, Dana do you want to give us a quick rundown of who's in the cast?
1: Absolutely there are a lot of people but I'm just gonna kind of keep it to the highlights. Um, first of all we have uh, Denzel Washington obviously as the mm. amazing uh, coach Herman Boone. Will Patton as Coach Bill the Yost. Wood Harris, AKA Avon Barksdale, as Julius Campbell. Mm-hmm. Ryan Hurst of Opie fame from Sons of Anarchy as Gary Bertier. Yeah. Donald Faison, AKA Turk, as Petey Jones.
2: Oh,
1: man. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, <laughs> Well, they all, this is but, a good <laughs> film for people doing other things fine. down the line. Um, Craig Kirkwood is Rev. I've never seen him in anything else, so he's Jerry Harris. Ethan Suppley, uh, Louis Lastick had a lot of other great roles. Kip Pardue is Ronnie Sunshine Bass. Hayden Panettiere, the cheerleader, and Juliet Barnes from Nashville, uh, plays Cheryl Yost. Nicole Ari Parker is Carol Boone. Kate Bosworth is Emma Hoyt. Um, Blue, this is the guy, this is the man, that the, I called him Blue when we <laughs> talked about him in Drumline, Mr. Earl Portier, we'll say. Quartier. Um, Poitier? I don't know. Is it Poitier? That. Poitier. I don't know. I think it's um, a Poitier. French. <laughs> Ryan wow. Gosling is Alan Bosley, Bo- Bosley? Ryan Gosling. Oh. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh he yeah. I, pro- I forgot he was in he here.
2: He ages okay. really well. He looks bad in this movie.
1: All right, relax. Um and then the last guy, because he's on the team and we have to remember there's like gotta be one racist player, uh, Burgess Jenkins, what a name. Uh plays Ray Buds. Wow. And I think that's pretty much everybody you need to know in the film. Yeah, I think that's everybody. So that, that's yeah, uh, the highlights that's, of the cast.
2: You're giving all the AKAs, and you didn't give Ethan Suppley a.k.a. Frankie the Enforcer, from Boy Meets World, but I'm going to let that one slide.
1: He was also and, in, like, um, The Name is Earl, so like, I think on that one sticks yeah. out to me more. Anyhow.
2: Also, listeners, uh, if you haven't seen him recently, look him up. That dude is fucking ripped now, and it's weird looking. He is, mm-hmm. He's like, he's been in the gym permanently since the movie ended i'm pretty sure he looks great yeah. he, um, he lost half of himself it was impressive yeah he got yeah he and he's he looks like he could probably like fight me and beat me really really handily and embarrass me in front of my family and friends um, I wonder what about
3: uh, a weight loss plan he did
2: i don't know he's dude Africa, it just seems like he's area? i mean he just he just looks huge he CrossFit. looks like the mountain at this point i don't <laughs> think crossfit he doesn't have that like, kind of a body to him it's more of like uh you know throwing a keg over a fence kind of a body but he's really really big
3: High, like frontier games yeah. or whatever they're
2: called high something high like that, that. Yeah. He lifts a big caber um let's quick go around the horn here and give some memories of the first time that we saw this movie dana let's uh get things started off with you here
1: um so i went to the ticket the ticket stub collection and discovered i saw this movie on opening night um, two weeks in a row Opening night of the movie to back. Um, I have no recollection Of seeing it opening night <laughs> But uh-huh. I will say um, I like watch this movie probably like Way too much in college And even post college like I would watch it all the time uh, go, Like during preseason To get like hyped up It was like, Yeah I'm gonna play a sport and it's gonna be great And then when I was a coach It also is really inspiring So like yeah I just love Love, love watching this movie yeah opening night no recollection but a lot of time spent in my dorm room watching this movie to get ready for very nice what night
3: was opening night dana
1: uh september 9th or september 29th
2: 2000 wow. <gasps> man what a time to be alive huh yeah. big sis how about you
0: yeah i mean i have a hard time remembering like the first time i watched the movie but i do remember that i cried um and i am going to say i cried again this
2: oh time. uh yeah. what part
0: like, toward the end, just like the whole, like, when everyone's coming together and, I don't know, it's just okay. feel good. And Listen, then when, I, well, I, spoiler alert, when there's, the ending is a little sad.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. mm.
2: Yeah, I, I'm also a crier during a film. I didn't cry during this one, but I, there, were, there were times they were obviously pulling at those heartstrings, so I get that. No judgment here. It's not like you cried during Idle Hands. Cause
0: well, I, I, did, or... I did cry during that movie, but for other reasons. <laughs>
2: Because it was so bad. Jessica, all this weird sway dancing. That makes us all cry <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Dave, how about you? What memories do you have of this one? Yeah, I saw it
4: yesterday for the first time.
3: Oh, um, that's right. I forgot what? about that.
4: That shocks, shocks a lot. of. I told a few people I'd just seen this for the first time. and uh, The reactions were, uh, what the? You see all these <laughs> movies. I, I you know, it's, it's probably the, the, the Disney aspect that kept me from watching. I'm like, oh, this... I'm not going to deal with any real topics it's all going to be fun happy stuff in a disney movie but talking animals and yeah. shit yeah it's stuff like that i, I was waiting for just like, like a big owl to start talking to people like <laughs> the titans I, 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 I
2: oh that's your owl
4: who? voice fine wh- whatever man.
2: <laughs> get that diablo um, cody I, I, back in here
4: you know i i, I do really good impressions <laughs> so um yeah it's uh it hits all the right notes. Uh, and I enjoyed it. If you watch it really closely, you're going to see a lot of ir- Eric's the, the, probably a really I- inexperienced director involved with this movie. There's some issues with uh, cert- certain shots and everything. But other than that, the story is solid and uh, it was uh, yeah, they're, they're tug at the heartstrings a little bit at the end. I don't know if I quite cried, but you're just like, yeah, yeah. You just say that a lot at the end.
2: Yeah. 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 It was good. All right, uh, Kwaku, how about you?
3: Um, well, I don't remember the actual watching of the movie, but I just remember the the way we all talked about it after the fact. Like, I it was I grew up in Ohio, which actually is a big football powerhouse state. We're pretty yeah, pretty good We're pretty, Yeah, so um, I was living in Columbus at the time, and I remember uh, at the school, predominantly white school I went to, but like you know, we had a lot of interracial players. A lot of the, Like, you know, it wasn't like a slavery school, obviously, because it's the 90s now, or like 2000s now, so that didn't exist. But we had, you know, black and white players. We all needed to hang out. But I feel like it was a movie, that did bring people together a little bit for the most part, even though we were already a team after camp and everything. But I do remember, like, the defense always started doing the uh, left side, strong side, left side, strong side. And then that was carrying on to the theme. And, like, we had to go through two-a-days. And I think, you know, I remember it being, like, a thing that we kind of rallied around a little bit as a football team and like, you know, kind of like bringing togetherness. I don't know if we just quoted all those kind of lines, but yeah, I just, I remember that way. That like it bringing like a movie that like brought our team together around. It was like a feel good movie too. So, I mean, imagine parents were happy we were watching as opposed to trying to sneak in the rated R movies or something, so. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I am told by my co-hosts that I'm limited to one coach still story this week. I'm not going to use it right now, um, but I will say that the first time that I saw this was with my teammates, uh, sophomore year of high school on a bus ride home from a game in, I think, probably DeKalb, which is like 45 minutes away. So um, we basically just saw the training camp part and that's it, but I've seen it. I don't know how many dozens of times since then. Um, I know for a fact we came together to watch as a football team um, after our junior year ended, uh, which we won one game that year. It was the worst year of football I ever played. And then all the junior captains who, the guys who knew they were going to be captains as seniors, like called the juniors together and were like, okay, so that year's behind us. All those pieces of shit are up out of here. Like let's let's get together and really be something next year and then we may playoffs. So I, I credit this movie with us turning that whole program around. Um, as adults, did this make the grade for us or get held back? Dana, what do you say?
1: Uh totally makes the grade. I, I think this is get two weeks in a row where a, a movie's gonna get high marks from me. I yeah. um, absolutely loved it like it's it was still so good I think there are certain things that like I was reading some of the trivia beforehand that like it does kind of jump out at you so I'll save that for a, like a little bit later but yeah no still great still great A plus freaking love it denzel washington could read me the fucking phone book and i'd say a plus like he every mm-hmm. i was like trying to write down like oh that's really quotable and i'm like i'm just writing down everything that he was so good denzel washington says like it's all it's all ugh, so good love this movie.
2: yeah they gave him so many good lines that we're gonna for sure get to here in a little bit uh megan did this make the grade for you or should they have held it back
0: hey solid a
2: all right look at that a. Bravo. Dave, what do you say? It was good. Made me
4: feel good at the end. <laughs> even though, you know, there's tragedy involved. I, I still watch and I'm like, they came together as a team and even after everything, they remained a team. And that's a story we could all, you know, use a little more of togetherness. Yeah, so You sentimental Dave. That's a weird look. Right, so I'll say A minus... <laughs> or so yeah because because right. there there are some pretty glaring uh continuity issues and stuff you can see Like there are
2: some things
4: it's 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 and e- even that i i can get over because you know still liked it it was good yeah
2: yeah none none of it's like crucial to the storyline there aren't any like yeah no. we've had some pretty glaring plot holes lately there weren't any in this one so i yeah there are little things here and there uh kwaku as an adult did this make the grade for you or should they have held it back
3: No, this has definitely made the grade. And it's kind of crazy because I don't remember so much about the movie from high school, like I was telling you a little bit ago, but I also don't think it would have hit me like it does nowadays. Just with all the events going on today and how parallel they've been over throughout the, you know, people needing to have some togetherness right now. It's like uh, Dave was just saying, it's just just wild to think that a movie like this existed 20 years ago and we didn't really think anything about it and I'm watching it again, like with new eyes or fresh eyes on it and just saying, wow. This movie's hitting all the topics that I wish people would talk about more. And you know, it, it just starts with like a high school football team and then it can expand upon from that. And like that's what you need more communities like this, like people just spending time and talking to each other and having someone force them to learn about each other until the point where they actually get to talk and then they realize we can do things together. It's just a really great concept for a movie. Uh, not concept, it's a real life story actually, but like, you know, it's just like Disney, you know, does always have like a happy ending and, but this also has a little tragedy involved in it too. So it's it pulls on the heartstrings. It's great. It's topical. It's poignant. It's our history. It's a plus, in my opinion.
2: Fantastic. Listen, yeah.
3: uh, this
2: also so makes the grade for me. Every once in a while, we have when we're like kind of just divided on this, and one person likes it, and others don't, or we all hate it. I think we all fucking love this movie. It's really, really good. Um, from a football perspective, it's also very good. Um, you know, some of these football movies don't really look like real football, or they just have plays that would never work. All of this feels like real football to me. Um, a lot of the racial commentary seems almost a little bit like quaint and naive in a modern context, but some of it is also super spot on. Um, I know we're going to dig into all that. So I'll kind of save my deeper thoughts on a lot of the racial commentary, but this absolutely makes the grade for me. Um, it, it might be like the we will talk about this compared to the other uh, football movies, but I think this might be my favorite one that we've done so far. We've covered way more than I thought it would have this early on in the pod. So yeah, this is, this is a fantastic movie. Um, before we jump into the recap and some of the segments, do we have any fun facts on this movie?
3: So- go I want to say that I completely concur with you as far as football movies are concerned. Sometimes it's yeah. ridiculous as far as the hits and the tackles you see like that wouldn't look like that. And like, it just like you're just decapitating people out of nowhere. This actually looked like they actually learned to play the game a little bit firsthand as actors and made it a lot yeah. more believable.
2: Yeah, Varsity Blues looks ridiculous. <laughs> like, it just looks, looks like NFL Blitz. All the time.
3: <laughs> like Friday Night Lights, also ridiculous. Yeah. All the time. Guys, it was, it was you're ruining the upcoming Blues.
1: segment. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll oh, okay. save
2: sorry. Oh, okay. sorry. I didn't realize.
1: Put a, <laughs> put a pin in it. Let me just <laughs> put get through some that. facts. Um, yeah.
2: get, get these put some put fun facts in
1: um, There actually are some that, I don't know. There's a lot. So I'm just going to cherry pick them off the top of my head right now. Um, I wrote some in here, but I'm going to go a different route. So uh, this was originally like an R-rated script um, and Disney was like, tone it down. I thought they had to make it PG-13, but then I went back and looked and know this movie is PG. So I'm Um, wondering how much they took out, but a lot of it was profanity and all the use of the N-word, which when you think about it- Yeah, hmm. it would have been it written like. by the guy who wrote Ali, so I'm I'm oh assuming my God. it was like oh my
4: goodness, okay,
1: like yeah. much grittier. And he actually yeah. met with Coach Yost and Coach Boone, and that's how he got the story. So like he actually spent a lot of time on it. So that's kind of interesting. And then like Disney was kind of dragging their feet on it, even though I think they had Denzel attached, but Jerry Bruckheimer was producing it. And when like Armageddon blew shit out of the water, he called Disney up and was like you can now pay for this because you just made 20 mil like you made a sh- like a crap ton of money this movie like this weekend with my other movie so make this one for me um and they're like okay but it can't be more than 20 million dollars so like Jerry had to throw his weight around a little bit to get this one made um and I think uh I don't know if this is a fun fact but it uh, two more and then, then I'll be done um the schools were already integrated in 1971, so that takes yeah. a
4: little bite. a little, a little bit. off.
1: <laughs> um, but they did consolidate three high schools together, so there was a commingling of people. So that was accurate. Um, <laughs> and then the last one, again, if like it kind of messes you with you when you know it, um, because the director didn't really know a lot about football he uses the musical score to help people who don't really know or understand or care about football to like point to what's about to happen. So anytime like the Titans aren't doing well, this like it's string music and it's slow and it's somber, but the second this like, like game starts to turn around, they put an up-tempo rock song on and you could like feel it. It's like, go ahead <laughs> like, it's like, going up around the bed plays and I want to take you higher. And it's like, oh my God. Yes, that was so obvious, but I, like, didn't pick up on it until I was during, I was reading the, like, IMDb trivia, so. Isn't that this
3: the transparency in every any movie, though? Like, when it's somber, they're just like, let's play a somber song so we can tell these characters are sad. Like, mm-hmm. even then, they'll even add, like, environmental effects of the rain coming down. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. thinking back to, like, any given Sunday when Jamie oh, Foxx first had his bad game and all of a sudden starts pouring down rain. It's like, really, really? Uh, yeah, Screaming! I feel like that just goes hand in hand Dreaming. with sports movies. I fucking love that.
1: Movie. I do think that, but it, like, I feel like they really went heavy handed because it's only like it, they start playing like pop hits anytime. Yeah, it's it's like,
2: a score. Oh. It's a score until they do well, then it's a
3: soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, orchestra, then I a did sudden, love the montage. I, what song did they use for the montage where they started going on a winning streak? That was Long
1: solid. Cool Woman, which yep. was not out at the time. <laughs>
2: Okay.
3: we'll we'll get into
2: the the right montage
3: song. We had to pull a few strings for that one, I guess. That's
2: a good one though. That's a good one. Any other fun facts? I have to, I have
4: to bring up Roger three stars out of four. He viewed the film as quote, a parable about racial harmony yoked to the formula of a sports movie. Adding that uh, victories over racism and victories over opposing teams alternate so quickly that sometimes we're not sure if we're cheering for tolerance or touchdowns real life is yeah. never this simple but then
2: that's what movies are for i'm pretty sure i know which one roger i, I think i know which one based on what's happening in the movie i'm not I'm never confused
0: i don't like this review
2: tolerance yeah, it's not his best work or touchdowns i tolerance. think
1: there's another line of it that it was like um denzel should have held out for a better script and i was like fuck you <laughs> <laughs> you
3: <laughs> son of a bitch
1: it's like, how dare you? How oh my dare God. you? Oh, okay.
3: my God. Go, playing devil's advocate here, I don't know want to defend Roger Heber on this, but I feel like, I mean, when I watched in high school, I might have just been watching for the touchdowns. I'm not going to lie. I've lived in mm-hmm. an area where I didn't realize there was such racial issues, even though I was one of like five black guys in my school. So um, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where if you don't are privy to it and you really don't get thrown in your face, you really don't know what's going on in the world. You're just rooting for a good, feel good touchdown movies. Then when all of a sudden you real world hits you in the face you're like, Oh shit, there's a lot more to be than surface level of this movie and surface level to this world. So yeah, fair. I don't- is, he just, he was one of those people that had not experienced any overt uh, racism in his life. And uh, like never hit him. Absolutely. <laughs> just never hit him. So yeah. that's why he was never rooting for tolerance.
0: I, I mean, honestly, like that's actually why I think it works so well is because like there are so many layers to the story like you could totally just want a sports story and like ignore everything else and it still works oh. better than i would say some of the other <laughs> sports movies right. that we've watched yeah. but then obviously like there's a much bigger story and of course yes it, the movie version of the story is you know changing things up to be a little bit more dramatic or to be a little bit more you know positive come together but I don't know. That, that's my, my perspective, Raj.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's not wrong. It's just like, I think a lot of that um, is because they, they do a little bit of, it seems like the, and we'll talk about the way they handle the racial tension, but it seems like a lot of it is kind of no pun intended, black and white. Like there are characters who are immediately, like cured of the vile racism that they had five minutes earlier and characters who just never come around at all. And there's mm-hmm. not really anybody who we see like kind of learn their way out of it. Um, you know, it seems like it happens really, really quickly for a lot of these people uh, or never, ever,
3: ever at all. And so
2: uh, the only
0: character Kate- did
3: happen to was the girlfriend
0: character. Yeah. I was going to say Kate Bosworth.
2: Yeah, we'll talk she about actually that.
3: Probably was the most realistic character in the long run. Well, I'm actually yes. to some of her lines later on, but yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah, this is probably how people really felt like when integration was occurring.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you're just
3: not racist
4: enough for me. I just can't. You're just not. <laughs> we'll yeah. talk about it. So.
2: <laughs> I think we'll it it. Very solid very accent <laughs> You could have gone with yeah. your Diablo Kodiak for her. Too. Master of accents, that's me. <laughs> oh, I have wow. a thousand voices.
0: All right. all right. Well, I'm going to dive in a little bit. I know that we hinted yeah. at yes. a few of the topics, but um, I, the, my first question to the group was, compared to all of our other football movies we watched, which so far is Varsity Blues and Friday Night Lights, there's a few other ones that are still out there in the world. Are we, are we
2: not counting Days of Confuse as a football movie?
0: <laughs> no, not as a pot-smoking movie. Breakdown. Breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Pot-smoking movie. Um Fair. There's actually been a lot of articles recently about Dason and Confused out in the world, yeah, so check it out. Um, but it sounds like we're thinking that this movie kind of trumped the other two when it came to kind of football and the story. Is, is that an accurate perspective and why?
2: Uh, yeah, for me, um, I, the, what stuck out to me the most, and we haven't seen this in either of the other two, this is the best depiction of what football camp is like, like football camp is a huge part of high school football. Um, We had a quote unquote optional football camp and a quote unquote optional strength and conditioning camp every summer at my high school. And uh, if you didn't come, you weren't going to play. So they weren't Mm -hmm. really optional. You kind of had to go to those. And a lot of, what makes a team, a team happens during camp. Like it's that stuff kind of sticks with you. And I am going to uh, use my coach still story right now. Um, I'm a <laughs> timer. So
1: I'm, I'm, gonna try to,
2: oh, I'm sweating. All right. So um, our football camp, we had one at our school. We, we also had a, a college camp at Northwestern every year. And I'd say probably like a third of the team went the guys that were very serious about playing would go to Northwestern. And before my junior year, the aforementioned one and eight season, uh, we went to Northwestern and we had horrible leadership on that team. Um, there was this dude, Anthony Scarpati. Looked like a refrigerator. That guy was a killing machine and had a terrible attitude. Uh, Erskine Williams could have played at basically. Keep using names, man. I'm I'm giving all first and last. Go for it, bro. Erskine Williams probably could have played anywhere in the Big Ten, but he had horrible grades, so he wound up playing at Memphis and did pretty well there as a defensive tackle. There was Tony Cutler, who looked like a big-time superstar wide receiver, couldn't catch for shit. This team was horrible. We were awful, awful, awful. And the year they went to Northwestern 2001, we were not allowed to come back because there was this dude, Brian Fortenberry, uh, about six foot five, 300 and something pounds uh, offensive tackle. He and uh Skarpatti, and also this kid, Nick Pankoska, given all the names here, come sue us if you guys want to. You guys all did this shit. There was a day they didn't come to camp at all. They were on campus. You stayed in the dorms. They went down into Evanston to go to Long John Silver. They got a shitload of fish. And hid a bunch of the fish up in the uh, air conditioning ducts in the dorm. So the whole place stank like fish. Um, later on that same day, uh, Brian Fortenberry took a shit in the shower and just left it sitting there. Um, they trashed a bunch of the rooms. Like they, were, they were horrible. So we were not allowed to come back. Those guys got sent home. Um, and when all the other guys from all the other schools went down to Lake Michigan to like party in the water, we got held back to have a full, you know, full pads, helmets, mouthpieces practice instead. Um, and so we, you know, in that moment kind of came together as the junior class and said, we're not going to be like these guys anymore. Like this is embarrassing that he took a shit in the shower and just left it there. And so like, we didn't want to be like that. And so in this movie, watching them go through training camp and there were fights. We've had fights. I I fist fought a kid on our team um, during training camp, my senior year at Northwestern. So seeing that sort of stuff, seeing kind of the tension and the way that the coaches really kind of get on your ass during camp. You never really see that in movies a lot. They jump right to the season starting. So for me, the fact that we watched, you know, we watched them actually go through camp was fantastic. Um, I liked at the end of the camp, they had like the Bertie Campbell pep talk, which is where we got, you know, what kind of power you got? I got soul power. How strong are you too strong? That felt so authentic to me to like hmm. what high school football is like. Um, last football story, perhaps we had, uh, one, camp, one practice that was in like a legit monsoon. And um, for some reason, one of our coaches yelled out lunchtime during that practice. I don't even know what it meant. And that was like our slogan for the rest of that season. Everything's going really well. We yell out lunchtime and we get really excited. So seeing a lot of that felt very authentic to me. The football looked great. Um, the plays were legit the fact that they ran a veer you don't see the veer anymore but they ran it back then and those plays were accurate i thought all the football stuff was phenomenal to me and uh thank you all for coming to my ted talk
4: that was good man yeah i really enjoyed the camp part too the camp (laughs) part was great remind me i don't know if you've ever read the book or seen the tv movie about the junction boys when bear bryant coached at texas a&m and brought these guys out to like deep West Texas in the middle of the summer, like 125 degrees, like practice all day. No water, water, water's for the week. <laughs> up, down, for up, down, up, down. The push up, run, run till you die. I'm, I don't, <laughs> yeah, it, it was really that kind of stuff. He was pushing kids hard. And then I guess that since they were all being pushed like the same way, eventually they're like, yeah, we, we hate this fucking guy. Let's just all bond together that part was pretty pretty cool yeah
2: yeah
3: I agree with a lot of what both you guys just said let me start with what Kirks was talking about for a little bit um uh first I wouldn't say that I'm glad Disney not, did not have any scenes of any of these kids taking shits in the shower oh, to, bring to bring them together or to bring the part it's oh, in the R-rated rated good version content. yeah <laughs> that R-rated movie. I think that when we got hit the uh, director's room floor thank god but um besides that I think yeah camp really does bring people together uh, this movie needed that camp scene, obviously, because it wouldn't have made sense if they just to sort of start the season uh, having integrated the schools. And then all of a sudden they're like all to be besties at the time and they start playing together because they would have never gotten to the point where they're working together on the field. And football is one of the sports where at any given play, all 11 people have to be working on the same page or the play yep. does not work. And so to so get all these people who literally don't understand or talk or communicate together each other in the past to start talking to each other is what it takes. And that's what they did at camp. And so I'm going back to what I saw, talked about earlier is how, coach Boone really said you will get to know at least one other person of another race on your team. You will talk to them back and forth or whatever at camp. And then, so they did it first as a chore just to get to stop doing three days and just make it two practices a day, which is a thing that you do in football. Like, I don't know if you guys, obviously Dana, that you didn't play, or I don't know if you guys, uh, your sports, I know Dana, you did some field hockey. Did you guys ever do two a days?
0: Four days.
3: Four, four days. Four is too many. Okay,
0: okay. I was Jeez, on swimming. Swimming days. you just right. don't no, ever wow. stop. Yeah. Style.
3: Uh, I mean, we're talking real sports here. Oh, Thanks, shots um, are <laughs> high. And, um, uh, We did have two I'm not going to lie. But no, um, <laughs> as far as football is concerned, being out in the August sun uh, for two practices a day, right in the dead of the, of the summer and how hot it is, it is insane. And what yeah, I did yeah. like about like, kind of what Dave was talking about, like how the coach kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing. That's what it is like. The coach is just sitting there in your face. He's making you do up-downs. He's making you run. You have your full pads on in the heat and you're not getting water breaks. And lately, I mean, kids have been dying, so they've been stopped doing that, and there's some rules and regulations to get that. Take yeah, a salt
4: tablet, wait, wait I'm out. like, no, you can't. You can't give people <laughs> salt tablets salt anymore.
3: Tablet. Yeah, but that was the 1970s way of thinking for sure, and that was also the 90s and 2000s way of thinking when I played. Yeah. So I do remember that kind of a coach abuse almost at times, and it was seen well in this movie. That's why I thought it was authentic looking too. Like Coach Boone was a dick to his players, but like he, he said he, he said he's a mean cuss I think at one point. He's a mean cuss to all the players. It's like yeah. that's yeah, yeah. that's a coach for you right there. They are all just assholes, but that's why the team comes together, and that's when you start seeing the leadership of Bertier and Julius kind of start getting the team together. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, you start seeing the Rev start getting some of the players to get together with him, and like the relationship between Rev and I forget the big guy's name. What's his name?
2: Louis uh, lewis Louis. Yeah, Plastic.
3: Louis from Boy Meets World. yeah yeah. I, just, I just love that like they're able to kind of start bring like, because your quarterback has to have your lineman. Like, in any relationship, the lineman are the biggest part of the quarterback. You'll see, like, uh, Brady will pay for all the meals of lineman all the time just because they protect him, they keep him safe, and they keep him winning g- games. So, yeah. Anyways, long story short, because I'm getting long winded here, I felt like it was great for the relationships that they build between the teams, uh, the camp scenes, and then throughout the movie, like, just the actual action of it all, of how the plays developed. Plays that they did run with the option passing and the pitching and the way they're talked about, it was all legit. And then, mm-hmm. like you never saw, just like you see a lot in like movies, just for cinematic effect, people just get laid out all the time. You actually saw tackles that were like dragging down tackles and people like wrapping up, like having hold on, not just getting leveled all the time. That's more realistic football. Half the time, you're not sticking somebody, especially at the high school level. You're yeah. probably just going to wrap up and hope you bring him down, and that's mm-hmm. what you saw. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I also. Offense.
2: I think this is probably, like, the first football movie that we've covered that's not, like, offensive-focused. Most of the focus, most of the players that we saw were defensive players. Like That's a good point. Yeah, we had – I mean, we had Sunshine. Who were his receivers? I don't fucking know. We didn't learn any of their names. Once Petey went to go play defense, I'm not sure who took his spot on offense. (laughs) So, like, this was a defensive-focused movie, which is very rare for a football movie and, like, rare to do really well. They did it – I mean – I he like watching defense. Yeah, I like watching defense. I'm a, I'm a Big Ten fan. Um, my Iowa Hawkeyes have a killer defense this year. If you guys didn't watch the Sports Center Top Ten, uh, Davion Nixon had a 71-yard, uh, I guess it was an interception touchdown from a defensive tackle where he juked the quarterback. That was pretty good. Okay. All. All right. I like watching defense. So this movie spoke to me in a way that I think the other ones kind of haven't because defense is often fun to watch if it's played well that's
0: nah, boring. Yeah. I also no feel like
2: said,
0: Yeah. I also feel like this movie is like a good mix of actual football and then like actual story. And yeah. maybe because it's based on a true story ish. Um but I felt like Friday Night Lights it was like 90% football game and like 10% yep. story and I was like I have no I don't even know what these players names are and like this is also based on a true story like um, it was
2: ninety percent football, five percent parties, five percent crying.
0: Yeah,
3: and then ten for days of confused would be the other way around. Nine, <laughs> right, right.
0: Parties, I'm not even counting that. <laughs> still not even counting that. And yeah, I think
3: we talked sure. about
0: it. And Varsity it Blues was like fifty percent football, but fifty percent like non plot. So
2: yeah, and and five percent baggy pants.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I no, think no. it was.
1: The funniest of the football movies. That movie was way funnier than I remember. "Varsity Blues" had me giggling a ton, so I'll give it There were that. some, there were some good Twitter jokes. Now, I still do it. Yeah. yeah.
2: So does Dana. She hurt her yep. hip.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't done it recently, but I think I would like blow out a, blow out a hip if I tried.
2: Uh, we're very old.
0: Anywho, um, well, yeah, so that's it's one of our big football movies, but I think. Um, I'm going to skip around a little bit here because we've been talking in, in and out of it. But I think obviously one of the other big themes in this movie, besides football, is a the theme of kind of racial injustice and inequality. And um, that coming in, you know, if you're not under a rock here, you understand that it's like a pretty big um, topic of conversation in, in you know today's world. And also like coming together and and um, you know rallying you know for each other. And that kind of stuff. But um, was there anything specific that we wanted to kind of dig into here? Um there's a lot. So There's yeah. a lot. Yeah. There were, there I were like, a couple things. Can I start by saying
3: I'm I'm wearing the shirt in honor of that for real? Yeah, I'm jealous My
2: of fancy your shirt. Shot.
3: Yeah. Uh, re- I represent realize. hard right now for the that's, racial justice right now. I that is cool. solid. Can
0: you, can you explain uh, to the listeners what you're wearing? Cause that's, oh, sorry, I, yeah, I, guess, I yeah, had I to do that. This
3: is not a, uh, yeah. this is not a video chat. This is, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently wearing the people's free food program, which was originated by the black Panthers back in the day. Um, yeah. cause they were a community outreach program initially. And their name has been since like, I don't know, it's sullied by the FBI and other informants, that made it like, uh, a terrorist organization to kind of shut them down and stop what they're doing and you know back then that meant actually starting violence and infiltrating and then killing a lot of their leadership so anyways long story short that's what happens in the 70s when you try to rise to power or just do things for your community much like coach boone did just try to be a head coach and leader of his community and you know gets bricks thrown us through his windows so
1: yeah
3: Yeah. we'll talk more about that though
1: oh in real life it was a toilet and they a thought toilet. that was too funny, so they made it a brick. Yeah, yeah. or not brick, I mean, but it's like comical. I just,
3: I just, I just wonder how many black coaches of that time had bricks thrown through their windows. Or oh my god! Black leadership at that time in any area. So many. Whether it would be a yeah. teacher, a or student, a, toilet. a man, or like I don't know, just my god. Con, yeah. you know, any political leader. So anyway.
2: My my dad was born in 1951 in South Carolina. His stories of growing up there are fucking awful. So. Happy I dodged that bullet um, yeah. some of the some of the things I thought hit really, really well, and some I thought were a little bit kind of glossed over so i'll start with the the things that I thought were a little maybe too easy up front um, i don't we don't know how long camp was um when we were in high school, like our school camp I think was two weeks, maybe three um, The idea that we went from these players just openly like hating black people to getting off that bus and being like family that was a little bit too hand wavy for me i think most of them probably would have been like ray and like not come around really by the end of camp um so i thought that was a little bit too easy also um bertier's mom she came around very easily and i think we could have used some scenes of him like really having to work with her to like Like, I know this is who you are, but like, Julius is great.
1: She does at one point say like, what would your father think? And I took that as Gary, your racist ass dead dad would be so (laughs) pissed right now. And I was like, (laughs) is that
3: really? Yes. That's how I interpret that. I think that's why she was able to come around though, is that she doesn't have this racist ass dad that was probably there to say otherwise. I mean, women are obviously free to think all oh, how they'd want to think but in that time frame oh, yeah?
1: oh, I, know, so I sweet. in that
3: time frame I'm just welcome <laughs> you guys to be free thinkers I know <laughs> like the day, siren. <laughs> yeah, I feel like bill's going to tell you how to think it one day but you know don't let him okay I'm allowing you to be <laughs> no anyways, Thank you. um no but like probably in that time frame a lot of women were submissive to their husbands and so if their dad was around I guarantee she probably never would have came around she would have been yeah. still singing those undertones of what her father would think when probably not the best so yeah
2: now i i did think there were some things that they really nailed that were like okay this feels like earned and authentic to me one thing that stuck out to me that they did multiple times and i don't think that it really resonated with me then the way that it does now was the kind of abject fear and horror of white people when black people are around because it wasn't it wasn't like Oh, we hate them. It was like, Oh, they hate us. If they, if they come in here, they're going to hate us. It was, if this coach gets to be the coach, none of us are ever going to get to play. Um, you know, it, so many times you had white characters basically saying, well, we'd be fine with them, but they hate us. And I don't know why. And you still see that shit now where you have this kind of fear over we're going to become a majority minority country soon and that's going to be bad for us and you know we can't get a fair shake if there's a black people that are also around and in charge. And I'm like, y'all understand like you feel that way because that's how you guys act all the time. Like the reason that you have that concern is because so many times when there are all white organizations, they don't look out for anybody else. And I think that I don't, I, I assume it was deliberate. I, like I said, I, as a high school student, I did not pick up on how many times they kind of point to that, but it's such a, a running theme through this. Not so much that like we express our hatred for black people because we think they're inferior. It's more like we are afraid that they will treat us the way that we treat them if they get in charge and that's not okay with me. And they did that a number of times. I thought it was really effective every time.
3: Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with that. I mean, I, I think that is what some of our demographic in America still think and fear that people that don't know black people or never met a black person in their life still are fearful that, you know, black people are to come in the majority or the minority will be then come the majority and then we will treat them as we have been treated for the past 400 years and make up rules that would only benefit us or, you know, put them in positions of servitude of some sort And I think that, I mean, I'm not white, so I don't know, but that's the go look at their minds. I'm not from rural America, and I've, you know, never not met a black person before, so I don't know exactly what they're thinking. But I can imagine that's a sincere fear for people that just don't know any better. And when you have news outlets stoking those fears and like kind of telling people that, you know, these people are upset, that's why they're rioting, they're burning their cities down. Imagine when they come for you next. What else would you expect to know if you don't know any better, right? And so...
2: And I think I in see.
3: this movie they show like a microcosm of these people not knowing any better. And so obviously this this poor girl, I remember it was Bertier's girlfriend again, I keep forgetting her name. But she's like, am they're never so, going right? to like us. They hate us. But like that's yeah. a sincere fear for a white girl that's never met a black guy before. Because her parents have told her the whole life that this black guys that going to come and, you know, he's a super predator. He's going to rape you. I think super predators in the 90s. But, you know, back then I'm sure they had a word mm-hmm. for it too. But, um, and so of course she's fearful. I mean, what else can you say? Yeah. <laughs>
2: To be clear, we do have our every Thursday weekly black folk meetings, and we are coming for you guys. So yeah. uh, <laughs> just put that nah. out there.
3: <laughs>
4: These people just act as though they're pushed into a corner and they have no other option. But if I don't defend what I got now, it's never – I'm sorry that I do – I, I, I no, no, go to the southern the accent. That's the accurate that, accent.
2: That's the correct if, accent. Well, if I don't defend as, what as I have Texas Texas now,
4: football, then, I, then
3: where's where's it going to go? What's my family going to have then? What I What I was – Wanted to consider was just how crazy it is. Like, um, I'm gonna to go to Coach Boone. This is to be all about Coach Boone and the whole throughout the movie and how like things change with his job and everything like that and how it waxed and wane. Because when he first came, he was just an assistant coach. They introduced him as this will be an assistant, and so right away, Coach Yost and the other guy were trying to say we don't need you. We're all good here. Where you can go, whatever. whatever. And they're like trying to railroad him out there real quick. So had that been the case, where that he only came for an assistant position. You wouldn't even seen coach but this wouldn't even movie he probably wouldn't even been right. talked to you probably wouldn't have had any chance or opportunity to speak to the players and then when the whatever the superintendent or whoever that other guy was the black guy that said hey we got you this role as the head coach there and you know they had to throw us some sort of bone because um, all the other coaches in the, the conference were white coaches so we had to get one black uh, head coach all right so he got this almost affirmative action like job and position but it was on such a thin rope right and that's what it almost feels like. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. growing up in my life, like I've, I've never known, like, have I been, you know, able to get to where I am based on the color of my skin and through or, like, have I been held back for the color of my skin? Is there any situation? Like, I don't know how it's played through my life. But the fact is that I always have to think about it and so does Coach Boone you know? Yeah. So you mm-hmm. see that undertone kind of play out, even though he's worked twice as hard, uh, and he's still being second-guessed about the quality of his job description the whole time. And then it continues on as we go down and we get to that scene where like coach Yost is like talking to those guys about getting in the hall of fame. And they're like, no, don't worry. We'll make sure you get in this time yeah. around. And so you see the powers that be pull some strings a little bit. And next thing you know, the referees are almost taking the game from him. So like if he loses one game, he knows coach Boone knows he's out of there. And so the powers that be are like all of a sudden, like it's not even in your, his fault. They're about to lose this game. So at any time, a position in power can be taken from a black man. And that's mm. just the kind of the, the the, what real life really kind of throws at you sometimes and it just always sucks that he has to think about that but anyways I know it was long-winded but I mean that's what hit me the most and I didn't really ever again appreciate that in high school because I had no reason to but now right. as an adult Same. having worked some jobs having gone through school having you know a greater knowledge base of what like it's just that really strikes home I feel like you know and it, that was 1971 supposedly and then like it's still here 2020 50 years later yep. That's part of the reason why I wanted to do this movie because I did feel like I had a lot to say about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, rewatching it, I knew that that was gonna like strike home, especially for where we are right now in the world. And you know, I just don't think a lot of times, like, you know, I mean, white America gets to hear the black America side of things.
0: So I was actually wanting to dig into like Herman Boone's past and actually did a lot of Googling because I was very interested to know, he says something as an aside and I wasn't sure if he was joking. But he was like, my parents both died at this like one year, and then I had to raise my twelve kids or my twelve brothers and sisters. And then he was like, twelve kids. No, twelve brothers and sisters. And then somebody was like, was it twelve? And he was like, no, eight. But I, you know, I said it for you know, um,
2: dramatic effect.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But like, did actually like what was what was his background, and was he this coach that was? like was his perspective on coaching, um, you know, dependent on like what he had to go through. And he wanted to make sure that basically everyone was toughened up and everyone wasn't going to let, you know, some other person kind of control their life or make it seem like some other person was going to control their life. And I wasn't able to like dig very much into the background, but I'm curious if you guys know any more about um, his past.
2: I don't, I don't know a ton about his past. Um, I will say the movie did a good job of kind of depicting the two different kinds of football coaches that there are. Like Boone is your like taskmaster, you know, do everything right, do everything perfect, do your job. He's basically Bill Belichick or Coach Still, if you will. They're very similar. Um, Yoast is is like your player coach. Like he wants the players to have fun. The first thing he wants to talk about is like trick plays that they used in the past, like help them win games. And when he sees, you know, Boone kind of riding the players super hard with up downs during camp, he's like, hey man, like back off. Like the kids are, you know, let them have some fun. Um, You know, when he sees him really kind of chew Petey out for, you know, fumbling as is a big problem, you know, he goes over and right away is like trying to kind of coddle Petey and make him feel okay about it. And so I don't really know about Boone's background, but I did think that the movie did a really, really good job of um, kind of showing the two different kinds of football coach where I think it's very easy to make every football coach into like a drill sergeant in these movies. Who's just like hard ass, you know, yelling your face all the time. There are a lot of coaches out there who are like having fun coaching um, who want to like, be loved by their players and want their players to have fun when they play. And, you know, you see a lot of that, especially in college football, you know, in the big 10, there's a handful of those guys. I mean, you know, Harbaugh is one of those, if they ever fucking win a game, eat a dick, Michigan, but there's, there's, you know, (laughs) he's, he's going to be fired. It's fine. Uh, Scott Frost at Nebraska also can't win a goddamn game, but those, he wants his players to have fun too. And so um, I did think it was nice to, for the first time in this pod, have a coach who's mostly there to make sure his players are having a good time and having fun. You don't see that often enough, and I think they did a really good job with that, Um, which, you know, really, frankly, probably reflects their backgrounds. You know, Boone had to work hard as hell for everything all the time and was always kind of on the line. Yost, he won a lot, and I don't really know how (laughs) <laughs> like they didn't, they didn't show him to have a great football IQ or like you know it seemed like he won a lot by calling like trick plays and having the best players, mm. which I mean that's that's cool. um well,
0: He had hidden pan He did yeah. have the
2: real, real coach. Yeah, yeah, the, the real, real coach. coach. God, she was fun, huh? Mm. <laughs> it's so much fun watching her.
3: I don't want to play with dogs. Yeah, She was great. I, 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 wanna was watch she, I wonder if that's a real football. part of the yeah. that storyline too. Like if this. A real life daughter no. that was like that obsessed with football that was like always on the field that was like their manager it's almost like made me think of like radio like you know like <laughs> <in the> water. <laughs> oh god <laughs> you guys should do a cuba good and junior movie I watched that radio? Too. yeah radio.
2: That
1: that movie
3: actually, is... it doesn't it doesn't hold up it's pretty trash actually. yeah
2: play the problematic siren yeah.
1: <laughs> hold up i thought like in the theater like the weekend it came out I forget like we i think it was during like field hockey season and we had like someone visiting so we we're like oh we'll take you to the movie theater and we took them to see radio I and see i was radio. like let's leave like this movie is bad <laughs> um we have just to get confused. out of
3: here yeah. it's oh problematic and it's really not well done but like I remember basically based on these stories, they actually show video of radio on the sidelines in real life. Yep. The real life radio. I'm like, is there a real life Hayden Panettiere video? I want to see her running around like little well, players. That'd be
0: hilarious.
1: Well, I have. Okay. That you mention it. That's what yeah. I was gonna call out. Um, so Yost actually had four daughters. Um, oh. He and his wife did get divorced. They all went with the wife. It's just the one daughter, Cheryl, like did like to hang out with Boone and like would maybe go watch football games, but like nowhere near as intensely as they showed it here. Um, they also like talked to the other sisters and like they weren't upset that they weren't in the movie because Cheryl Boone or not Boone Cheryl Ghost actually dies tragically, like in 1996 oh, wow. at the age oh, of like 34. No with an undiagnosed heart condition or something Oh my god! so they're like she was you know she was the one who did do stuff with dad just not intensely as this and she's no longer living so like it's okay if she's the only one that's featured in the movie so that's that's, wow. the, that's dad, the real tea there
2: we, we do have some fact and fiction here i don't really know what sound i'm gonna play for that but i'll find something
1: oh it's
2: true it's damn true megan do you want to kick us off with some fact and fiction
0: Certainly. Uh, we'll just do a few because I think we talked about a lot of these. Um, so there was one piece that we didn't really talk about in the, in the camp and it was the run to Gettysburg cemetery at 3am.
2: That feels like abuse. Uh,
0: yeah, that was wild. Um, it did not actually happen, but they did actually go to a tour of the cemetery. Cause that was pretty okay, that's pretty
2: close. Okay. It's pretty close.
0: Yeah. And so they're, so, you know, Coach Boone may or may not have given a motivational speech there. Um, but they didn't actually run at three in the morning.
4: Didn't actually run in the woods in the dark in the middle of the night.
0: Correct. Okay. And it's also,
3: that- imagine how dark that would have been. I
0: mean, would we'll
4: have if into if a you never considering how before, rocky yeah, those, never those, your way those woods and there's some huge hills around yeah. Gettysburg, like little round top,
2: big round top. Yeah
1: yeah tumble down the hill you got some
2: yeah. dead sprained English. ankle palooza up in there What's going on? they
0: were so dirty that's the only yes. excuse for how dirty and bloody they so were.
2: down everywhere
0: yeah well and like lewis definitely would not have made it so no we yeah. had
2: we had a kid that size in our team he couldn't run at all
0: yeah um so did another question did jerry and julius become best friends in real life um, they actually were friends, so that was awesome. Yes. That was the, end of the movie. Yeah, was yes, the end. they
2: were. They were close. Um,
0: awesome. Emma was a made-up character.
2: Oh, fair, a plot device.
0: Yeah, she didn't really have very much happening. No. Um. So, was Ronnie really a long-haired hippie from California?
1: He's from
3: California, and so they probably just—they were well, all hippies. You know, they're all hippies, right? <laughs> so that was just a sign of times.
1: Yes, that is exactly correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's. I read something that said like he did have long hair, though not as long as they depicted it. But Bertier also had long hair, yeah,
0: right. They all
3: had long hair. It's it was not one. Yeah, I bet. I bet like it was Virginia, and they were like around Alexandria, so was, like a lot of military people. I bet all the players had a buzz cut, except for the one yeah. kid from California that probably mm-hmm. had a normal haircut. It was. I think oh. it was either
2: crew cuts or long hair for everyone yeah, on the team. Right. There was no yeah. middle ground. I think.
3: Right, but, but did, I will say that. Yeah. Sunshine's character, I feel like, has lived on the most, like post, like college and all that stuff, playing football. Just because, you know, especially with Trevor Lawrence playing for Clemson right now, yep. I don't know how many times they like exactly Sunshine's the same. Yeah. They're the yep. same exact person. So it's, <laughs> I mean, we had yeah. a long-haired
2: quarterback a few years ago, uh, uh, C.J. Beathard. Everyone called Sunshine at Iowa.
3: Any time a, a blonde, long-haired yeah. quarterback, he will be sunshine. I mean, yeah, and I every think, time. And you'll say it in the voice that Donald Faison said it. Sunshine. <laughs> every time you see him. <laughs> uh, but the kiss between
2: Oh yeah,
1: Jerry
3: and Sunshine. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it.
1: Did not happen.
0: Did not happen in real life, sorry guys. <laughs> no, I I I mean I think it's
3: pretty wild for throwing that in there in the first place. Like it's that, like we already got all these other things going on. Let's throw another like you know. And, undertone and, and they're like what how are people's thoughts about homosexual uh, so, uh and, back and, then.
4: and the way that it come that it comes about he just kind of walks up and says hey hey jerry this, <laughs> is, something I've yeah. always, this is something i've always wanted or something and he just goes like right on in yeah yeah and um
0: this is oof, like a, a save the real. last this is like a save yeah. the last dance moment in which it yeah. like didn't really need to happen because we <sighs> didn't we didn't like talk about it really yeah. No, no, this is
2: George Wendt coming out of the closet in outside Providence.
0: Yes, there we go. Blown
2: yeah, in exactly. the throat. Yeah. Everyone's yeah.
0: pretty darn
4: understanding about it for 1971 too. <laughs> they're just kind of like, oh, that's just son.
3: That's I, I think giant. it's kind of fun because like, I think what it was trying to say maybe is like that both black and white people at the time were both still caught off guard by homosexuality. And so they're all like, mm. that's we why all all they had so much car- wrong with it and Bertier's character both had so much wrong with it. Like it was just a sign of the overall time at that time. But it was just yep. like another layer that I don't think you know we needed to go diving down because there was so much else going on with that movie. So this didn't seem like it needed to be in the movie, but they did call him a fruitcake and they started they saying did. that. So they needed to address it, I guess, somehow. Yeah, I suppose. So. They could have just left all that out, I felt like, and just, like, yeah. Yeah. just a long haired hippie and they could have made a fun of him for being a hippie. I right. think that was also like kind of frowned upon back then, too. I guess. Yeah, he
4: makes a big deal. It's like, I don't need to know, but I
2: want I I to know. know.
4: I want to know. It's a, I like I that. Line it's like, I don't need to
3: know, but I need to
4: know. His, like, but, I want to know. It's okay. like, well, I need to know. And then then like, sun, Sunshine's reaction if it doesn't matter, then
3: why do you need to know? <laughs> I got to know. I was kind of move on.
4: That's kind of move on.
0: It's okay. Yeah. I felt
3: like he became Turk in that moment from the Yeah. Yeah, and I, it. I need to know.
0: Yeah, it was <laughs> like. When we say save the last dance moment, there were a lot of plot lines in save the last dance that were just like thrown in and like uh, dabbled into for a minute and then did not matter throw, for the rest of the movie.
2: Throw a drive by shooting in there, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> sprinkle the drive by on top of this.
0: Um, all right. What else do we want to know? Cheryl's daughter, we already talked about. She was not quite the football fanatic. <laughs>
1: Bertier. There's a there's oh,
4: a fact yeah. about Bertier. Oh, Jerry, the unluckiest guy in the world.
0: Yes. Yeah. That oh. car
1: accident, he does get paralyzed, but it happens after the season. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Not during the season.
1: And So, then, are we allowed to
3: talk about that now? Are
1: we like, that was, are we, is that
3: a spoiler? Let's do it. We just need to talk it.
1: about anything at any time. We don't do this okay. in order anymore.
3: That's, that's what I was crazy about. Like, I was like, you know, being a physical therapist and having seen a lot of car accidents, seeing a lot of people, it's just so unfortunate that he had, you know, paralysis from this car accident and like I just want to know like I want to know more about it I want to know like was he wearing a seatbelt was he like dejected from the video call what happened like how did he you know most of the time you see like you know like spine injuries like high level spinal cervical injuries you don't necessarily see you know lower lumbar level injuries from a car accident like that I don't know it just seems weird
1: it wasn't also like that his mom's Camaro like they ultimately said it was like some sort of technical error and he like mm. slammed into like a telephone pole or something
2: oh
4: so that's like, like completely
2: tamedi. different than yeah, what happened. That's yeah. a very different accident in a different year. Yo, we won!
4: I'm driving away fast! <laughs> he, he was driving away
2: slow, frankly. He was creeping away.
4: Well, <laughs> he, then he, floored burned, it. he burned out, didn't he? Yeah,
1: he, 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 did, he, did, he
3: did, he did. That's right, yeah. Um, that's fair. Yeah, I, 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 that's a that just sucks though. I mean, like, so it didn't happen. So that scene didn't actually happen in real life then? He actually no. played so in, he
0: the game. Was, yeah. play in the it's game. Yeah, uh, after. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I, I kind of
3: like what Disney did there to pull my heartstrings. That's actually the moment oh, where I yeah. do start tearing up. Is when I feel like, oh, fuck. you know it's uh, I'm going to throw something you know, at this something nurse. Get hurts. out of here, nurse. Why are
2: you
1: bothering me while I'm watching my football game? Don't
2: come in here. Yeah. Don't
1: leave me. Okay. The accent <laughs> of this movie—we didn't talk about it. They're in
0: Virginia, not Alabama. I was like, fuck.
2: <laughs> Virginia still is
1: still a date, There
0: right? are some deep deep
1: accents
3: there yeah, guys it's still, it's still in Alexandria like, like they yeah. oh, aren't no. that far south <laughs> yeah I mean they are they, like, I, 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 I don't know, know that time uh, frame I think like that you're
2: Maine now boy you're you you in main Maine now boy. <laughs> okay we're not doing that I, I will dangerous. say listen listen throw some respect on Hayden Panettiere's name because her accent for a little kid was very good
1: it's like so it was bad. heavy she, as shit. She uses the same one on Nashville to be Juliet. Button, is, so that an she is
2: that
3: just her? Is she just a southern girl? That's no, what she I, is. I don't I'm think she's Nashville. southern.
2: No, she have an accent in, in Heroes. I'm uh,
0: kidding. She does not use that accent on
2: Nashville. <laughs> 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 I wish she did now.
0: Um, I will say, though, I'm just going to go back to Gary. He actually also got um, killed by a drunk driver. And so that is why everyone That's was right. Coming back together at enough. the beginning of the movie, back that's and forth. That's why I said miss,
4: Mr. The Unluckiest Guy Ever. I
0: Literally the Unluckiest Guy.
3: A lot of car accidents. Oh, that's, uh,
2: Double unlucky, man. That's Did he
3: actually play in the uh, special, not special, excuse me. Uh, I, called, I, like I think they yeah.
0: called it the wheel wheelchair games. Uh,
3: well, it was Paralympics, okay. oh, yeah. Paralympics—that's yeah. what it's called. Paralympics. I'm like, why am I saying Special Olympics? Paralympics. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So he. Yeah. Um, that's pretty badass.
3: Put. I mean, he still found like a community after the fact, and like. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Good for him.
0: Yeah. He. Um. Let's see here.
2: He got was a gold medal in the. He's shot a gold put?
0: medal in shot put, and then he were, like also was a a speaker, you know, around the community, and like a very big advocate for um, Special Olympics and just with um, disabilities in wheelchairs,
3: yeah. Good
0: for him. Dude. That's so cool. It was really cool.
3: That's what sucks. Like, again, another good person dies after getting hit by a drunk driver. That's what sucks. That's Ugh,
0: I don't like it. Yeah. Um, Any more fun facts? Facts or fiction? Or should we yeah. just dive into something a little bit more lighthearted?
2: Yeah, I think, I think, you know, we, did, we this, mentioned... Sorry, I did have one more
3: question about this. Was the season actually a perfect season, too? Did they go undefeated?
2: Yeah, they were 13 and now. <laughs>
1: undefeated and they like beat at like almost i think 9 out of the 13 games were shutouts yeah. so like they no the game they dog shit
2: out of everybody yeah. it was yeah. it was like the Globetrotters.
3: and that was like the only integrated team at that time no all the schools are no, integrated. No, the integrated. All all integrated. integrated i to yeah. say like that's just they a case for saying integrated. you need to get more black people on your team because <laughs> no, now you look at the demographic of most college football teams football well. like it's when it's you shocking. see clemson and alabama playing in the championship every year and all yeah. their starters are 22 black people yeah. except for trevor lawrence you know, shocking when LSU wild. does
2: graded football.
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah. it was also, they said that, like, basically there were three high schools. And what they did was, like, one high school was just for freshmen. They brought, like, all the kids together, and one was just for freshmen, one was just for sophomore. And then they like, had a t- freshman campus back then, too. Freshman yeah. campus,
2: word to Nico Valley.
1: TC Williams Valley. was the only one for junior seniors. So they literally just had, like, thousands of juniors and seniors to pick from. It had so an all star team. That, basically. That was
2: really awesome. <laughs> that's what happened yeah. um that we we talked about when we first kind of started off that this movie is yet another of the uh cheat code films with this soundtrack i think um look we have to do a mic check here
1: mic check one two one two mic check one two microphone check
3: one
2: two all right uh stop me if you guys feel like i'm gonna run through the sound the songs in here and just kind of you know, let me know if there's one that you want to talk about in particular. All right, here we go. I "Heard it through the grapevine" by Marvin Gaye. Uh, mm-hmm. "Express yourself" by Charles Wright and the Watts. "Spirit in the Sky" by Norman Greenbaum. Norman Greenbaum, not the name that I would have thought about for that song. That song's fucking banger. It sounds uh, like Norman
4: the, Greenbaum and the
2: the Greenbaum Spirits or something. I'm not, I, I probably uh, spill the wine Greenbaum. by War. Um, I fucking love that song. Love Spill the Wine. Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Uh, Time Has Come Today by the Chambers Brothers. Ah! That's right. The Way You Do the Thing You Do by the Temptations. The Original okay. Venus by Shocking Blue. That happened twice. That song was also in Outside Providence. Uh, this song—I did not know this was the title of the song. Na na hey hey, kiss him goodbye. They never say "kiss him goodbye." I don't think, but that's the title. Of the song. I thought
4: that was like a Jock Jam's original from the '90s. I didn't know it's been around since.
2: <laughs> it's uh, it's Vince McMahon's favorite song, apparently. Um,
3: nah, nah, true story. Nah, nah, whenever, nah,
2: whenever a wrestler gets like defeated in a loser goes home match or lose leaves town match or whatever, or like a retirement match, he he has requested that the fans must sing that whenever it happens. And so, if you watch enough pro wrestling you will notice like oh no it's the last time we're ever going to see him around these parts and the fans will sing it because vince requires it and he has like people seated in the audience that make it start uh, uh, they
3: require it be played after the xfl ended its final season it, i
2: mean oof, they're coming back oof, the right rock up, owns it's right we'll all gonna be okay don't worry about it the rock uh, bottom.
3: low
4: blow we did.
1: Wait, it's going will be wait. all right Nah, nah, Hey, whatever. Kiss him goodbye. They start singing it at Bertier's funeral. Inappropriate, oh, right? ban. ban. Yeah.
0: I,
3: like, <laughs> <awful laughs> okay. I, I
1: feel like that's what you said. <laughs> you
3: start two. singing when nah, you're like nah, you, you nah. know you've won the game and the other nah, teams nah, nah, start nah, the buses. Nah. Like you start like right after the start the buses. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah, but no, we're gonna sing good.
1: it at the funeral.
2: Yeah, we did that when we beat Wabonzi the last time, and Coach still got really mad at us. Second Coach's story. Did it, guys? I did it. Um, there was also Long, Cool Woman in a Black Dress that I thought all this time was a Creedence Clearwater Revival song because that dude sounds just like John Fogarty and it's not. Uh, I Want to Take You Higher by Sly and the Family Stone.
1: Oh, Tina right, Tina and Oh, t- I'm sorry, Ike and
2: Tina. We talked about this and I fucked it up. Fire and Rain by James Taylor and then Up Around the Bend also by the actual Creedence Clearwater Revival. This soundtrack is amazing. man. Cat Stevens, peace yeah, train. And... Cat Stevens, peace
4: train wasn't done. Yeah, I don't know the words <laughs> the
1: song to um,
4: song. It's, it's a good song.
1: Fire and rain, like you just know some someone's going to die in a movie when that song comes on. Like it is the quintessential. Like get ready, something bad's Here comes happening. Something bad. Oh, and it plays for so, long, and you're like, oh, I'm dreading yep. it. I know it's coming.
2: And then the moment the car accident happens, song stops.
1: Yep.
2: End. End of the song. All right. So this movie did have a lot of uh, pretty quotable lines in it, even like by the standards of a football movie. So uh, I think we should tuck into some potent quotables here. What did you say? Uh, Who wants to get us started? boycott tc boycott the skew <laughs> boycott the school it was
4: said loudly and they said skew they didn't even say yeah. school i'm
2: like this is skew incredible the skew. Um, yeah um yeah
4: and
3: just you know
4: who's your daddy gary
3: that that boycott who's your TC is pretty much who's your like, daddy it's like mitch mcconnell just, just, right, that guy might as well just be play played by Mr. <laughs>
2: Basically,
3: product <he's getting laughs> And they're just like, no, don't boy- play football.
4: Don't screw up your life. boycott
1: the school, isn't <laughs> that it? Double uh, down, that one down. Ryan Gosling's dad, like, yeah, uh, probably yeah. Ryan Gosling. They're son. I'm
3: going to say he's something terrible,
4: it to the coaches later. boycott
3: the school. Yeah, tangential. We did not talk nearly enough about Ryan Gosling. I think for how you know. You know, popular, we did. He's become now. We kind of just grazed over him. A bit. I mean, I figured, I figured you girls would have a little bit more to say. He deserved Ryan. to be
0: grazed in this movie. He was.
3: Not- yeah, he he's the, slow. He's the skinniest I've ever seen. That man. He's <laughs> a beanpole.
0: I, I had How to let like- that
3: man grow yeah. into the person he became after the fact. And on that, like in the in the future scene when they all look old again, I, I was watching this with my girlfriend, and she's like, "Ryan Gosling would not look like that ten years from then. I know what he looks like now." No. She just had no. to bring it up. She had to, of course.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah no no no, no. <laughs> Anyways, so oh. uh, there, there was a couple of boon lines for me that a gave...
1: couple of them. Just put it like put it all in because Denzel, <laughs> I, I, his I line to... reading, chef's kiss, perfection, everything he said. I was like, put it down. Let me write it down.
2: I don't wanna steal them all. I just counted I have five. Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna do five. You guys and again, go back and
3: forth. All... Dana, you go for one, coach go for one. You
2: wanna do dueling lines?
3: All of so these are forth. things that,
2: that my football coach, Coach Still, would have said and would have felt very at home. Um, so he says, I run six plays. Split veer is like Nova Cane, give it enough time, it always works. Which like, yeah, probably. If you have enough talent, run the ball all the time, it's gonna work just fine. The
4: veer. Okay. Um,
2: you fumble the football, I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts, and then you will run a mile. Uh, John Brown gets brought up a lot in this movie, and I, oh, I do, I, yeah, I do love it as like a punctuation on something. I, I use that in my own mind every once in a while. Uh, obviously, you're killing me, Petey. You're killing me. Very much like you're killing me, Smalls. Uh, water is for cowards. Water makes you weak, which is like, nah, man, they're all going to get like, you know, dehydration and pukes. You no, only use
1: water to clean blood out of your uniform, and you don't get any blood on my uniform. No, it's,
2: like, <laughs> it's like
4: it's it's like like Coach Sowers from King of the Hill. Just take a salt tablet. Take a and salt tablet. Sour Coach
1: run. Sowers.
2: Take a and salt the tablet. Last, the last one, um, we talked about this in whatever episode, a whole, whole bunch of Coach Still stories. We're going to do up-downs until Blue is no longer tired or thirsty. That was like when you're going to run until I throw up, which was one of my coach's lines. So, yeah, this yeah. was – all, I loved every line that he had in here and there were so many more that I didn't pick out, but like those were I think those were all from camp. <laughs> those were all in like a one
3: minute span of each other. Well, there's a, there you're, cook, you're cooking my grits when he was like asking for yeah. some of them. That was a great one. I've, I've never good heard line. that saying ever used. You're over cooking over-cooking my
1: cooking? grits. Over <laughs> Overcooking, <laughs> oh over-cooking
3: my, my grits. You're overcooking my grits. I'm going to start using it's that really one every good. Now. We will ask um, too much of me.
1: Yeah, I liked when uh, I think it was like Boone was with Yoast and people. I think it was something about saying like they're worried about how he's going to treat his kids. He's like, I ain't going to cook him and eat him. <laughs>
3: so good. That's all. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and then when I think like Yoast Boone asked Yoast to be a part of the team and be like his assistant uh, head coach, and he goes work under you, and he's like, if that's the way you see it. And I was right? like, get <laughs> him, get him, book um, him cooking what else what else did i have um i also just like I, I didn't it's, it would be too much to write down but when like pete's all excited the first day of like they're meeting in the gym and he has oh. his hand up and like he wants a high five from coach boot and he's like put your hand down and there's like that whole back and forth And he's like it's zero fun sir like football is oh, football's fun crazy. it's and fun is it you have fun like,
3: fun like, donald Fa- a young donald fazon credit for going line for line with denzel washington that's it's game. really good like, football is yeah.
1: fun yeah, it's like, no. oh, you're you're thinking now. Come on, keep thinking. And he's like, is it fun? No, it's no not fun. Sir. No, zero fun, Zero fun, sir. Oh, he's so good. After
2: yeah, all, I mean, you gotta think that that's like out. Donald
3: Faison's like second movie or whatever it
1: was. You, I, I think, don't think so. It
2: was a
3: second. Well, well, he was in clueless. I mean, clueless, clueless than that. Like, what else would he? There might have Sarah? been something. Well, sure Four-year
4: gap. Clueless was 96, 96, 97. So he had
2: to have done. How all much work did he do in between? Oh, he was he was on the Clueless TV show between those two, at least. Was he it? was on. Um, he was in
1: Twelve Monkeys. He was in Waiting to oh. Exhale.
3: He
2: Whoa! Was
1: what? Can't hardly wait. He wasn't at, <laughs> as big a role though. Well like,
3: done. He like, had a big role yeah. where, like, he's going head to head with the main that's character, fair. and that, that main character fair. being one of the biggest actors of that time. I mean, let's.
1: There is an oral there. history on ESPN that they did like uh, for the twentieth release, so like twentieth anniversary, so a couple months ago, and it was like. He did say that it was really cool that like everybody got their scene with um, Denzel and like Denzel That's was like, awesome. really repaired and like would go into it, take you aside and you'd work on it. And yeah. one of the people was like saying when they, they all had to be afraid of him at camp, he was like, oh, it was very easy because easy, we right? were all like <laughs> petrified of messing yeah. up in
3: front of Denzel. <laughs> totally. That's, I mean, that would be so cool as a young actor to see that, especially yeah. like young black actors to see Denzel, who probably was his hero in acting at the time because there wasn't many big name actors at that time were black. And so it's like crazy. I mean, sure, like, I don't know. I can't think of a movie where Denzel had that same experience when he was younger, but like, I don't know. I'm sure he has been-
2: um, I didn't there. even think about it. I mean, I didn't i didn't realize that they, they did all have like a one-on-one scene with Denzel. That's pretty fucking great. Good for them. That's
0: yeah. fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite lines was in one of the final games where they were like, unnecessary roughness. That's a penalty. <laughs> And then the ref goes from a quarterback. Are you kidding me, coach? Oh, yes. And it was yeah. Just like,
4: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little. Yeah, that was a little revenge from Sunshine, being like, oh, "I'll bend over and I'll flip the guy and yeah. hurt him a little bit." Sunshine bended over,
3: yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> high back Oh uh, uh, yeah, did there? so good. So um, good. <laughs> I don't remember the exact quote, um, but yeah, there was a lot of uh, like. I might take it back a little bit. Like, so when Hayden Panettiere was talking about like, that's not fair, that's unfair. fair. She goes and kicks the guy that was telling his dad that he yeah. lost the job. I thought it was really cute, but like, it's just kind of funny like, to see like, that's like, she really didn't think it was fair like that her dad was losing a job to a, a person. And I don't know, she just played it really well. It was really cute. She was quote,
2: peak the precocious. Could, a solid precocious, precocious little girl in this movie. Great. And I, I will say, um, when I lived with Dave, I was a much more volatile version of myself around football only and watching her freak out in the stands was mm-hmm. like watching me watch iowa football 2009-2010 oh yeah I was I after uh now after a long like night like friday night drinking
4: saturday morning Man. 11 a.m at the start of the games you you would just hear like some
3: tv sound and then like yes, yes I was uh, a mess.
2: Yeah, listeners cheering. I will
3: post, in the crowd, she said something like lines like something like, like stole something I will post, post a picture of
2: me in my in my Iowa costume from back in the day uh, on our Instagram this week, but I there was a cape involved. at one point I had a Viking helmet with one horn. Uh, one of the horns got broken off during a post game melee uh, the 2006 Ohio State game I want to say. So yeah, mm-hmm. I my my look was a lot back then. There were some game bibs and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll post that yeah. on Instagram. I should get yeah. a look at that. Can't yeah, wait. That was, that was something. Um, so one of the things that we do like to do on this pod is uh, take a look at a side character who didn't really have a huge role and see if this was the start of big things for them or kind of the peak of their whole career. So it is time for an IMDb deep dive. Big sis, who we diving on this week?
0: Yeah, so it was a hard one. And we've talked about a lot of like very successful actors, actors and actresses that went on to do great things. Um, but I'm going to go with The Rev. Uh, okay. Jerry The Rev Harris was played by Craig Kirkwood. Um, he is literally best known for this role. <laughs> oh. um, he was good at this. Basically, yeah. He was good at
3: this. He good at um, this. So he's has a, a really angelic voice too, my dad. Yeah. He started singing. Oh, uh-huh. I know. Yeah, I was like, man, I so really hit those notes. Yeah, um,
0: like Yeah, so he is actually a lawyer and oh. former actor. Um, oh. Yeah, so he acted from ninety three to two thousand and six, and then um, practiced law from two thousand eight to present. So he's wow. in a yeah, he's been in a variety of different things, more as a guest star in My Soul Called Life, Family Matters, the, the Parenthood, the Fresh Prin- Prince of Bel. Bar- Bel Air, Sister Sister, Steve Harvey Show. Oh, wait, hold on.
2: In Fresh Prince, he was Jeffrey's son, or Jeffrey's fake son, who like no. hustled them. He, yes! yes, he was with a fake uh, British accent. Remember that episode? Stop. He showed up and he was like, oh, I'm Jeffrey's kid, and he hustled him in pool. and she, Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It, it all came right on back to me, folks.
0: Wow. Oh, wow.
1: I was going to make a joke about him being inspired to become a lawyer because he was on JAG for like three episodes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably
2: true. Probably true. Uh,
0: he was, he dabbled a little bit in theater. Um, yeah. yeah. Little Shop of Horrors, Grease, Big River. Uh, he was in Why Do Fools Fall in Love? Oh, I fucking
4: love that movie. Frankie Lyman oh, movie, man. Yeah. Okay, Why really Do Ageless Tate Sing Donovan.
2: So good. Yep. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Really
2: good.
0: I haven't seen that. I'm gonna add Ooh, that to my list.
4: Check it out. It's and real good. Lo- was it Lorenz Tate please? Yep. Oh, you're right, Lyman? Lorenz, Lorenz Tate. Tate. I was thinking, yep.
1: so who's Tate Donovan?
4: Good. But yeah,
3: Lorenz Tate, that's right. Lorenz it. Tate. But Tate Donovan's uh, the white guy from, uh, he's in- uh, He was on the OC. Uh, he was the, the, the dad who, who had the Ponzi scheme. scheme. Oh yeah, he's yeah, Ponzi yeah, yeah, scheme. yep. Yeah. He's, he's the guy in Scandal that she starts having an affair with that's not the president. There you go.
1: Oh, I never made it that far. Also formerly with Jennifer Aniston. That was like a big thing with-
3: Okay. Huh. I think um, he was I'm on so... Friends at one point as a probably as a, Josh- Joshua. Yeah. Joshua, Joshua.
0: Yes. Um, but back to our friend Rev. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he he actually graduated from Loyola Law School in 2008 and is now a practicing criminal defense attorney. Having oh, had... Wow. in Chicago,
3: there your
4: people in Chicago, right? Now? Yeah, yeah, I where's, mean,
2: which Loyola? The, the
4: Chicago? Know, no, no, uh, that's uh, Loyola Marymount in Los Angeles.
2: My parents' yeah. alma mater. My parents went to Little and Passed the, the
4: California bar exam. They only passed 50% of people every year, so that's pretty good. Wow. I'm impressed.
0: Good
2: for him. That's good. I mean,
0: and he was still getting roles, like up to the point, basically, that he decided to go into law. Like his last role is in 2006.
3: Would you guys um, rather be a B list actor or a lawyer? Uh, what am I, a
1: good lawyer? <laughs> Yeah, one of the paychecks. I don't know, like? Is he a good lawyer
3: or not? Does he work for a law firm? Does he have a firm named after him or anything like that? Hmm. I imagine he's just probably working for a firm.
2: I think B list teen actor would be okay B-list with me. Like, you, you did some shit, people recognize you, but it's not your whole life anymore as an adult.
0: Um, so Some it,
3: people do make it their whole life. though. I bet they start to go like the circuit and still sign on. I bet we oh, yeah. find a uh,
2: convention circuit for sure. Fred
3: Savage somewhere out there to sign an autograph for me somewhere along the R- R-
2: Rider Strong for sure. R- I mean. R- Rider Strong, yeah. <laughs> he's out but, there doing. Oh. Be- <laughs> was he ever a list, Megan?
0: Okay. Um, what cabin fever? He he was pa- plastered all over my bedroom closet. I so.
2: buy that. He's so yeah. your type back then.
0: I know. Um, but I will say, interestingly enough, he met a spouse and got married in 2005, um, and he quit acting in 2006.
2: It's probably her fault, Yoko. All right. Well, that was a fun deep dive. Guys, uh, that does bring us to the end of the podcast. And just like in the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Yo, before I get into this, I'm so happy to do a sports movie. We have so many superlatives. There's so many characters, and they all survive. This oh. is one where they give us like an epilogue. I disregard that. So not
0: all, not all.
2: Well, in in my mm. book, they all survive until the end of the movie is the point. I, they I are can I do- can
1: pretending. Burke's funeral, the start of technically the, the
3: start of the movie. Yeah, that's how it opens. <laughs> so
2: imagine he survives.
3: Do
4: we know that at the beginning? Yeah, <laughs> or do we find out, out at the, the end, end? No, no I think we found out at the funeral. end whose
3: funeral it is.
2: Oh yeah, we, we, don't, know yeah, we don't, don't know who his funeral
3: is. Okay,
2: it could have been Boone's or or Yost or whatever. Okay, here It we wasn't
0: because we saw them. In
2: Boy, this is awkward all right uh ray <laughs> is most likely to use the phrase there's not a racist bone in my body louis is most likely to appear on a bottle of barbecue sauce rev is most likely to have beans greens potatoes tomatoes rams lambs hogs dogs i hope Ooh. you guys get that reference out there if you don't i will it is thanksgiving you know? You name it. I'm going to put that in here in the chat afterward because shame on you guys for not knowing that fucking reference. Um, Blue is most likely to release a song that appears on 97.9 The Quiet Storm. Petey is most likely to give himself a nickname in college. Ronnie is most likely to post shirtless thirst traps on Instagram in his 60s. Julius is most likely to make someone apologize by giving them that look and Mm. Gary Is most likely to do inspirational feats of strength at elementary schools. Very wholesome. You need a guy like, there's a phone book in half. Those guys are like, yeah, praise (laughs) It's exactly that. Those
4: guys are the best.
2: You guys don't really know beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, rams, lambs, hogs, dogs. I'm waiting for the so explanation. Sad. It it there's, didn't. there's a, a I'll, I'll put video. it in the chat. There's a there's a um oh, there's next, a, a uh, preacher Thanksgiving dinner. The preacher who was there's I don't even know what part of her sermon it was, but she's she's listing things that are like around, I assume, Jesus. And she's like the
0: Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rat, you
2: name it! And they 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 put a beat under it. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rat, you name it. Beans,
3: it's
4: a just,
1: beat under just,
3: it hide the kids hide your wife and then they remix yes, it a little.
1: Yes. It, they it put a beat, be, a
2: beat
3: under it. It's a fucking
2: hide kids, banger. Hide your wife.
1: Is yeah, it the, It's at it the same uh like pastor as like Trump's pastor who they were like no, recently it's not Ted Copeland. No, it's, not it's a white COVID-19. lady recently. Oh,
2: that lady. No, it's not her either. It's a black lady. Oh, okay. This is, this is a, uh, a Southern Baptist black church with the beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. I'm, I'll put that also on the Instagram, but you guys, tomatoes, tomatoes. I'm going I'm to put that. You guys are going to watch it when we finish up recording here. Um, the next movie is my choice. And this one is a bit of a deep cut. I, I hope you guys know it. It was a favorite of my brother and mine um, back in the mid 90s. The movie stars John Lovitz, who I know is a favorite oh. of Dave's. No fucking way. Yes. It is called yes! Yes! High School High. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was going to do, I, I was there it. Dangerous Minds. I was going to do Dangerous this Minds. This is going to be like, so no, no, good. We will the do cow cow the parody of Dangerous Minds. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is so uh, fucking fun. Uh, Tia Carrera is in it. You might know from Wayne's World. Um, I'm not Rack even sure who else show, is in it. Run, Cowboy. Run, 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 yeah. Show. The, y'all, this is peak John Lovitz. Imagine John Lovitz as the star of *Standing in the Liver, and that's basically what this movie is. It is <laughs> so exciting. much fun.
3: Yeah, oh, like so, like Pied Piper. This is on the edge. Just believe somebody's fanned the Pied Piper for this one. Slash, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. Like, but this, just make a comedy version of it, or like Woolworth, yeah. where you make a political, political yep. version of it. So,
0: this is on the edge of.
2: It's on at the, edge. the timeline. It's, well we did we did we did hackers, which I think is older than this, but it's right on the cusp. But this was 90, a big ninety five, ninety six? Yeah. We we try not to go before ninety five. This is ninety six, so this makes the cut. High school high, it is phenomenal i'm very excited to watch this uh guys that does it for this week's episode if you like what you heard tell a friend uh pop on over to itunes spotify google podcast or wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to subscribe rate and leave us a five-star review then follow us on twitter and instagram at recapping gown pod that is r-e-c-a-p-n-g-o-w-n-p-o-d And if you didn't like what you heard, in the words of Coach Herman Boone, I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts and then you will run a mile. Take it easy, millennials. We will see you next week.